welcome to this week's episode of Slice. This is the podcast about getting real with real people, about real topics that will hopefully inspire you to be your most authentic self. And today, I'm going to do it a little differently than I've been doing the podcast. Normally I have a whole introduction and um, and then I introduce my guest. But for some reason, um, with our guest today, I'm just feeling that we need to start with conversation and see where it leads because there's so many fascinating things that he does and so many things I want to get to in such a short time <laughs> that it seems like um, the right thing to do is just to trust the moment and trust what happens and uh, go with the experience. Um, yeah, so welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Um, welcome to the, to the Goddess Temple, where all aspects of the divine are honored, but it's particularly dedicated to the sacred feminine. Um, and feel free to wander around and to touch anything you want to touch in here. And, and I think I ultimately, you, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> and I think what you said is right on. The, the real journey here is, is with it. Oh, okay. That's what everything is, is guided to, to support you to do. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating just to look around and you go, it's, it's, it's like beyond decoration, it's beyond design, that it's, it's not just aesthetic, that it it's actually feels... It just, it feel, I can feel it. I can yes. feel, I can feel yes. something in here. Yes. Makes, everything, yeah. everything is in a place with intention. Mm-hmm. And this might sound a weird, but to me it's alive. And they kind of tell me where they go. Mm-hmm. And if there's somewhere that they don't feel right, they'll like, oh, let me know. The pieces that the you pieces, have? The different deities and the different pieces, sculptures or paintings. So beautiful. Um, and I thought, this is kind of funny, I thought I was missing the, the gay design gene. <laughs> <laughs> but then I realized one day, you know, I can do altars. And so then everything is an altar. Everywhere you look is an altar. So okay, it's like okay. living inside you of a big altar. You have your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like even my, my bedroom is also a temple. It's all, oh, it's really? all a temple. That's your design. That's your sign. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we talk about all the stereotypes, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're clean. It's a <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, a, it's very nice and neat. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's part of being a temple. It's like, how do you relate to a temple? Mm-hmm. You, know, you just, I wouldn't just come and, you know, leave a, a glass on one of the altars or an empty, dirty dish. It's like you're in a temple. Right. So I relate to it and, and treat it as such. And I don't even think of it as my home. I think of it as. Like, I'm the temple keeper. So that's my job, is to keep this temple. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so what, what's coming to me right now, what I'm thinking about is how do you trust in your purpose, in your life? And maybe how do you even know what your purpose is? Like, there's so many people that are living not purposeful. Yeah. Right? And they're existing or they're I mean they're just going about life without really knowing why and what it's all about and what it's for and having no connection to something bigger than them and 
which I think leaves people feeling pretty empty. And mm-hmm. um, and it makes me think like, you know, when you're a healer like yourself, that one of the things that, I mean, that this would be, you know, like you've talked about, I mean, this is what you do. It's like, this is one of the, one of the journeys that you would help guide somebody on. Yeah. Actually, I do a whole weekend retreat on purpose. Oh, you do? Like, how do you know? And then, and then how do we trust it? Like, how do we stop playing small? How do we stop selling out, you know, for the, for that illusion of security that a biweekly paycheck provides? Right. Um, Or whether it's the, the, illusion of security of a relationship but since we're talking purpose um you know it's like if you like we were talking about before if you if you were making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on a job that doesn't fulfill you then we can talk about selling out but most people are selling out for way less than that mm-hmm. um and 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 for and for what you know like selling out for for that illusion of security because it's illusion. Like that, those companies that we give our, our souls to and our lives to could go belly up any moment. Mm-hmm. And the entire global economic system is illusion. Like we used to say it's paper. It's not even paper. It's ones and zeros in a cloud somewhere. It's all made up. Right. And that's what we're giving our lives to. Like, oh my God, no, I can't. Um, and to me there is, like we, I think most of the people listening to this have lived long enough to know that there isn't any amount of sex or travel or or money to fulfill us that's not where it's at to me the only thing that fulfills us is discovering that our purpose who we really are and what our our own unique contribution is um and one of the people whose work i reference is victor frankl the austrian psychiatrist who spent years in concentration camps and so being it's like about choice. Yes. Well, that's, choice. that's one yes. of the that's one of the lessons I bring in. Yeah. Like ultimate popping out of the victim. Right. Like we you know we we so you always have a choice. Always have a choice. Like I mean even because doesn't he talk yes. about when he's about to go in yeah. to the concentration I mean he's about to go to the oven and he I mean are you well, he didn't you, he survived. He survived. Yeah, I, but I mean when you're yes. but you have a choice at that moment to say, you know, I mean not to be a victim, to be able yes. to say like okay, this is what's happening, yeah. and I could decide what I want to do. Yeah, well, here's, here's the way that he put it, which is okay. beautiful. They, okay, you they, tell me. <laughs> No, no, it's great. You're I haven't saying, read it in a long you're time. You're saying the same thing, but it, but but here's, here's how I talk about it. Okay. Because they took everything away from him. Right. Like, they took his all his family, his beloved's wife, who was pregnant, soulmate kind of relationship, gone. And right. then they took everything else, his whole life. Like, we can't even imagine what it's like in a, to be in a concentration camp, no, no matter how many times we watch Schindler's List, right? No. Because it's like all the little choice points we take for granted every day. Right. Am I going to get up at 6.30 or am I going to snooze? Am I going to have oatmeal or eggs? Am I going to skip breakfast? Am I going to wear my red shirt or my blue shirt? Right? Like, those are the little, the little choices. And not to mention the big ones. Right. Where am I going to live? Am I going to get into this relationship? Am I going to take that job? Right? Like, no choices. All right. taken away. And that guy was able to say that they could take everything away from him except for one thing. Right. The ability to choose how he would be in response to that. Exactly. It's like, wow. Super empowering. Like, wow. If he can do that there, certainly we can do it in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. 
And so, so, but the purpose parts, the purpose part comes in, and that he, as you know, as a psychiatrist, would started observing why some people seemed to survive and others didn't. Right. And the more that he observed and noticed and paid attention to that, the more he realized that it had nothing to do with intelligence or education or beauty or physical strength or socioeconomic status beforehand. None of that mattered in there. So in that sense, it was a great equalizer. Right. What seemed to matter, what seemed to make a difference, the people who seemed to survive were the ones who had a sense of meaning, mm-hmm. a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And so he wrote a, wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Right. So for me, it's it's a matter so, of yeah. survival to know our purpose and to know our meaning. Nothing else really matters from my perspective. So how do we know? I mean, there's a lot to say about that. <laughs> no, there's a lot to say about yeah. it. And it is, and I think it's true because, um, you know, I just did... I just did a podcast with somebody about the, you know, the oh fuck moment when you (laughs) have done everything that you thought you were supposed to do. We talked about, you know, you've, you went to college, you started the job, you got the career, you got married, you had the family, you have the money, the house, the vacations, and all of a sudden you're just like, oh fuck, I'm so unhappy. I'm so miserable. And what's this all for? And what mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people say is like, it's just before, you know, this is because this is, you know, I feel like I'm just like working for the man or I'm just working for the big machine. It's like, it's, it's like, it doesn't go anywhere. Like they feel like they just, they're part of something. They, they could tell they're part of something. They're, yes. they're, they're part of some machine that is working in that yeah. company or yeah. that family or whatever it is. Like they're in that circle, but they're, but they don't know what it means. Yeah. And they don't even know how to step outside of it. To say, like, what does this, is there, where is my purpose in myself? Like yes. you're saying, like, where's that purpose yes. in myself and the meaning in myself? Even if I do yes. this mundane piece yeah. of my, uh, if I'm part of this machine. So, you know, where do I find that? Well, first off, they don't even ask themselves about meaning and purpose oftentimes. They don't ask that question. They just stay miserable. Because they don't know how to get out of it. They don't know how to get off this machine. They don't know how to get away from this pattern. So what they're doing is they just, they they kind of, they start their day, they face the next day, they say goodbye to their family, they go to work, you know, they do what they've got to do. They hate their job, they love their job, they hate their career, they love their career, they like their wife, they like their husband, they hate their husband, they like their wife, you know, they go through it. And they think, I got to do something about this. I got to do something about this. And then the evening happens and the night happens. You go to sleep and nothing happens. You do the whole thing over again. You're back on the hamster wheel. You're back, at, you're back in. So, you know, so there's one step of like going, you know, I fucking hate this life. And I need <laughs> to find some purpose to it and meaning wow. and just doing that again and again and again. Yeah. And then the other part of it where you're kind of going like, wait, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a choice. Yeah. I will make a choice. No matter what. No matter what. I will take that risk and I will follow, um, I will follow it. I will, I will, you know, do whatever you have to do. I will get help. I will seek guidance. I will trust the universe. I will go to God or church, you know, whatever your, wherever your thing is and make that choice to do something different, which often people don't, but the hopefully that, you know, I mean, I hope, listeners, if you're out there (laughs) listening to this, that you do. That if you hear, you know, if the listeners hear something in this talk today and um, that they 
that they know that they can do it, that they can make that choice, that there's no circumstance bad enough that you can't make that choice to go after what you really yeah. want. Yeah, and, and what I know is, is like, I don't have any doubt about it. I, I live it myself, and I've witnessed many others do the same. It's like when we come from that level, when we, when we approach life from, in that way, of, right. of what is my soul level, my mission level purpose, right. the universe conspires to support that. And when we think about it, we're living in the most critical time yeah. in, our, in our evolution. Make it or break it time. Like, the, the planet's going to be fine. You know, it might take a couple of million years, but life will continue in some form. It'll find homeostasis again somehow. Whether we make it, hmm, not so sure. <laughs> I personally think that we are, but we're definitely now, we're just now beginning to witness whatever it is that we have unleashed on the environment. So when we think about it from that perspective, what's writing on this? And when we think about one of us making the choice, making a choice that's going to support not only our own process of healing and spiritual evolution, which right. to me is ultimately what we're here for, right. but then all the ripples out and all the lives that are going to be touched through that act. Yeah, it's all like, the energy, all of that, where that goes. How can that universe then not support that? It right. has to. It has to. It has a vested interest in each one of us mm -hmm. doing what we, what we came here to do and sharing our gifts and our blessings. Exactly. It has a vested interest. That you can take to the bank. It's true. It's, That's it's, the part you can take to the bank. It is. It's a done deal. It's a done it, deal. It, there's not even a question in it. Yeah. So, but there's people, and I, you and I operate the same way, right? Because of what, who we are and what we do. So, but for people listening, you know, they're going like, right, okay, you mean, I'm just going to walk, yeah, like, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to, how am I going to take care of my family and pay my mortgage and pay my car payment or, you know, feed my children, you know, it's like, I'm just going to like go after what I want after this. <laughs> so well, it's like, it seems like to a lot of people listening, they're just going like, you know, fuck you guys up there thinking like, oh, it's all like rosy and spiritual because it, you know, it's harder than that. They think it's harder than that. It, I mean, and it is it hard. Is. I didn't it's say hard. it's easy. Right. It's, it's work. Right. So what do you, but, I, what but do you I've been doing it for 27 years I know. and it works. Right. So how, what would you say to those people that are out there that are, that are those people, right? The people that are already, that already, that are on the same page, that they'll hear this and it'll be a reminder for them of wherever they are in their life, right? And it will support something or elevate them from a place that yes. they already are. Mm -hmm. But then there's so many people that are going to listen to this and think, that's fucking bullshit. And <laughs> I don't want to, and I don't, or yeah. I don't, or that like, well, how do you do that? You know, yeah. how do you do that? And it's like, one step and, at a time. Right. One step at a time. Right, like to me. So give me an example. Like to or me. Can you? Oh, I can give you plenty of examples through, through of my life of of you know how things happen miraculously. I think things that I could never Your plan story. to do. I can. I'm happy to share share a story with you. But to me, before I forget, let me say that because it's kind of it's it's really simple and it's not easy. It's so simple. But it it's is, not easy, it's not right? Because it's like stepping into trust. As I think of. That image from um, Indiana Jones, uh -huh. the one with the chalice, I forget what that one's called, where, you know, he sees up at the, the climax of the movie and there's the Holy Grail and all the, all the chalices on the other side. And there's this huge precipice, like this oh, yeah. whole yeah, yeah, chasm. Yeah. And how's he going to get to the other side? And, right. it, and it's not until he takes a step into the void exactly. that the step shows up. Yes. The rock, the stone shows up and supports his foot. Yes. That's the hard part. 
we gotta we gotta take the you initial have to step. Take the yes. Yeah. Because well, a lot of us like you know it's like okay I'm gonna wait for the sign, or I'm gonna wait for this, <laughs> and and sometimes it works that way, but most well, often we gotta take that initial step. Well, but also that on that note, there are signs, right? You're you're oh getting we're getting signs all the, all time. the time. It's whether or not you're listening to them. All so they're waiting the for the sign, you know. But they it's like <laughs> they could be all over the place, going like hello, 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 and like nothing's happening. So it's yeah. like, but. Or they, I'm sorry, not that nothing's happening, but they think that nothing yeah. is happening, but it's, but it is yeah, there. Yes, so you got to so, pay attention so all the time. So that's part of the trust is that you are taking that step into a void where you don't know there's going to be a step because maybe you haven't seen enough support or evidence around you or signs around you, even though they have been there. And then, you know, you take that step and then it always supports you. It's always, always there. Always, it's never always. fails. Never fails. It never does. Never fails. It may not work out the way that I thought it was, right? Or in the time frame that I would prefer, but it never fails. That is fails. the bummer after all, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until yeah. you get to the other side, yeah. Because once you get to the other yes. side, you go, oh, I get it, of I get it. It, it had, had to, to be happen. that way. It had to be that way. It had to be slowed down so that I would meet that person, and that would happen. And from our limited perspective over here, it's like we can't see the whole thing. We can't see it, and that's you know. And this is something I speak with with my clients that I work with. I you know when we're talking about uh, like manifesting or um, you know going after what you want, going after your goals, your intentions, and your language might be different, but that's yeah. that's the language I use. So um, you know that you you first you have to start doing it. You have to start. You have to start. You gotta, period. You, you have to step. start. You first step, step is you have to start. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so you've got to start. Do something. And you have to do something. And but so you know you go after. You hold what you want from the vantage point that you have, right? We all, we're limited, we're human, right? Yeah. And we only could see what we could see from the place that we're at in the moment, period. Like you can't see anymore. I mean, you can't, maybe you can vision stuff, maybe you could see other things, but technically we're like, we could just see what, we only could see what we could see. So an example I often give is like, if I stand at, you know, the uh, like a big boulevard or big street and I look ahead, I can only see, you know, I don't know, a quarter of a mile ahead, yeah. maybe if there's no hill or any, nothing's in my way. Right? Right. So my only vantage point is maybe that stoplight or, yeah. you know, the supermarket or the gas station sign, you know, a quarter of a mile away. So that's all I know, even though I know that's not my destination. That's not my goal. That's yeah. not what I want. I want to get past that gas station. Right. Yeah. But that's all I could see. But I know that I have to go in that direction. I have to start and I have to go in that direction. So I, you know, when I speak about it, I say like, you just got to, you start walking and you start walking, walking, walking. And the, for the closer you get to that vantage point, the next vantage point yeah, appears. Yeah. Right? The, and the so next step shows up. The next step shows up. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we started talking, we started talking earlier. You started to tell me, you were going to start to tell me about that you have a story about, yes. about trusting the universe. Um, and what brought you here to Miami and, and then to support your work and what you do. And I would love to hear that. Yes. Story. Yes. And it's, and it's just one story. I mean, and how I ended up back in Miami, it's a whole other story that was also <laughs> full of, um, you know, guide signs and intuitions and, and I was actually tricked back you know by the universe to come back to miami i had i love northern california where i lived for 20 years and that was my spiritual base my home so i'm back in miami and i've rented a another place up in you know a different part of miami 
And within a year of being there, the guy tells me that the house is on the market. And first year, nothing happened, but then they started to show it. And then on, on the same day that in the morning, I got an email from, from um, the realtor that they had finally accepted an offer. That evening, I was doing a, a breathwork session in, in the most delicate point where everybody was in a really quiet, deep space. Bam, bam, bam. Somebody knocking on the door. Right. I opened the door as one of the, the neighbor's boyfriend who, you know, had driven his pickup truck all the way up to the house, shining the headlights in my face and threatening to call the cops. Somebody had parked on their property. So I knew it had nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. It was basically like, all right, we've outgrown the space. Um, it, it had become an issue. Parking had become an issue. Mm-hmm. So it was limiting the right work. <laughs> so, so, all right, so it's time to go. Okay. And I had six weeks to find a different place, three of which I was already scheduled to travel. I was able to, to postpone one of the trips, but the other two I couldn't. The last week was Thanksgiving, which, where nothing happens pretty much. So it's the week before it's Thanksgiving and I've gone to see 10 different places and nothing really coming together. Like a couple of places I'm trying to like force it to make it work. Well, I could deal with that, but no, then weird stuff would happen. You know, in one place, in one case, I went from yes to no, then I went back to yes. Right. And then I said, I find a lot when I found this place, right. or when the place found me. Um, and then it's all right. It's Thanksgiving week. And already, I guess, I guess it's not happening. I guess I'm going to go nomadic again. And I'm, I'm okay with that. So I already have the pod scheduled. I have the mover scheduled for the following week and Thanksgiving Day. And I'm picking up a friend, um, you know, both out-of-towners in Miami Beach. And then I'm picking up a friend, another friend here in Coconut Grove, and a colleague. And I'm driving in Coconut Grove and I'm thinking, well, it's too bad there's no parking in Coconut Grove. Um, it's always been my favorite part of Miami. It's kind of the bohemian vibe, oldest right. part of Miami, old tree right. vegetations. And I have history here. and But I wasn't thinking about this part of Gogan Grove. I was thinking about the part that, in my mind, I could possibly afford. Um, and so I turn right at the Hare Krishna Temple, pull up into my friend's driveway a block down. And just having had that thought, I'm texting him, hey, we're outside. And arrives a text from another friend who had just done a retreat. Um, and her mother's a realtor. And she goes, hey, I know I know it's Thanksgiving and you're not even thinking about any of this. And I know you're working with another realtor. But I felt, today I felt like compelled. I felt driven to get on the computer and look for you. And this house popped up. And it's in Co- Coconut Grove, which got my attention, mm-hmm. having just had the thought. And they just reduced it by $1,000. And here's, I said, all right, well, text me the address. And when I see the address, it's like, hmm, really? Well, okay. Well, I'll go see it. Right. But I would have never thought you right. know, that I could you know, do this. Right. And so after you know, we went to Thanksgiving, came back, and I pulled up the driveway in here. It's like, oh, my God, parking is not going to be an issue. Here. Right. It's got a great area in the back for mm-hmm. parking. Um, and then I said, all right, I'll, I'll play. I'll come see it. So on Friday after Thanksgiving, she had to call the realtor three times. The first time she goes, no, he's already got renting it to somebody else. The third time she goes, look, you don't understand. This guy's your ideal tenant, and this is his house. So the woman laughed. She said, all right, all right, all right, come see it. So on Saturday, we come, both of them, you know, Janelle and her mom, beautiful women, Allie, who's also another beautiful woman, and my friend Juana, welcome to see this place. And I'm walking around, I was like, wow, stunning, beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
and the location and the trees. You guys can't see it, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> and turns out that the owner of this house also owns the one next door. That's oh, wow. that is um, nobody lives there, but he rents it to a caterer. Oh, okay. So they have weddings and high-end receptions next door. Oh, and so, don't you do stuff with that? Don't you? We don't work together. No. Oh, not at all. No, no, no. Oh, interesting. No, no. But but I tell him. Maybe you know, not yet. Maybe not yet. But I'm telling the realtor. You know, it's like my only concern is the noise from the weddings because I do meditation retreats. Right. Um, and turns out the owner had Googled me, and so when he found out, and I had sent a letter introducing myself, and so he came by and I found out that I, he doesn't usually do that. So we're standing right outside by the porch, and he's um, shaking my hand and held it for a long time, and I could feel like energy exchange. And Janelle, the the realtor's daughter, asked me, "He's like, did you do that? Because it was noticeable." I said, "No, no, no. He did that. I just went along with it." And and so he goes, "Look, I heard you worried about the music, the and it's, it shuts off at eleven on the dot. It does. For, that's true. And the way that the music is located, he goes, you're probably not, not even going to hear it." Not true. You definitely hear the music. <laughs> Most of the time, it's really beautiful, elegant music. A couple right. of times, it's been kind of loud and crazy, but but that's okay. I kind of like being in the energy of celebration okay. all the time. So he goes, so we go around the back, right. and right over there, we run into a peacock. Like We have a temple peacock uh-huh. that eats out of your hands. Aww. And not two weeks before, um, Janelle and her mom, when they came to a retreat, one of them was wearing a purse or a T-shirt or something with a peacock. So we've been talking about the spiritual significance of peacock and all those layers of significance about it. So it's like, all right, interesting. That's that's the kind of sign. Just quickly say what it is. So the the peacock is associated with Lakshmi, the Hindu goddess of abundance, with Kuan Yin, the Buddhist Bodhisattva of compassion, connected to the resurrected Christ. Mm-hmm. In in Islam, um, it's connected. In Islam, it's, it guards the paradise, the gates mm-hmm. to paradise. In the Yoruba African religions. Connected with Ochun, the, the the goddess of beauty and sensuality and, and fresh water, um, and in, and the peacocks also eat this poison, this poisonous plant, and they transmute it into that beauty. Uh, so I mean, all this beautiful stuff. That, so, so we see the peacock as all right. That's a good sign. That's the kind of sign that I go by. Right. But it gets better. We keep on going, and we get to kind of the central the central courtyard, and we run into my nephew, mm-hmm. who is there with his fiance, now wife. Um, and his mom and her mom and um, turns out that they know Ali and Juan from you know from Breathwork from the retreats and the workshop but but here's where the story starts getting really like who makes this stuff up (laughs) he went to middle school with Janelle they haven't seen each other in years oh my god so suddenly he's like oh my god what are you doing here how do you know each other hello kiss kiss laughter and the owner's like looking at me and I was like no it's my nephew so I knew at the handshake right but now there's no question. Right. Like, there's no doubt. Like, right. all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, this right. is it. And I'm taking on an extra $1,000 a month. Right. So I'm sitting in the old temple, and I'm taking a bath, because I, after I do work, it kind of cleanses me. And this house has, it's an older house, so it doesn't have bathtubs. I've converted them into showers. So I'm taking advantage of my bathtub over there. Having a conversation with the powers that be. And, and I said, all right, I guess we're doing this. And I'm just going to trust that that money is going to show up. I get out of the tub and check my messages, and there's a text from a woman that I've been working with. And she goes, hey, I just got this huge promotion at work. And I know it's because of the work that I'm doing with you. So I'm going to commit to, I'm, gonna, I'm tithing 
300 a month for the next year to the temple. I was like, wow, how beautiful. Aww. How touching. And yes, thank you. Now it's only an extra 700 I have to right. come up with. Right. But the deeper part of it for me is like the other side, whatever that is, whoever's on the other side. Yeah, you know, it's like they're saying, right. hey, hey, we got you. You're not doing this alone. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, like we're working on this. Like this is collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, that's the shift that happens. It's like we don't have to do it all. It's like it's a collaborative effort. It is collaborative. It's co-creating with you. Yes, yes. Call it that. <laughs> so so flash forward, and I'm having the same conversation with my ex's mom in California. Right. That's like second family. And um, with no agenda. Right. Like really, I was just telling her the story. And because hot tubs are a part of California, you know, you think of, you talk about hot tubs in Northern Cal, we talk, yeah. you know, we talk about ca- right. hot tubs. <laughs> so I'm telling her, hey, and the house has no tubs. And, and I'm thinking of getting and looking on, on Craigslist for a hot tub. And, you know, and I, there's this area where I think is going to go and it needs a little bit of landscaping and an outdoor shower. I keep on going with my story. Like, right. I thought we were done. At the end of the story, she goes, hey, Christian, I want you to do me a favor. And she goes, yeah, sure, what? I want you to get an estimate for a hot tub and a new one and the shower and the wooden deck and the landscaping. And it's my gift to the temple. I said, are you kidding me? It's a rental. And she said, yeah, I know it's a rental. Um, and... Wow, I really feel that. It's That's so beautiful. beautiful. And your budget is $14,000. It's like, whoa. Wow. Whoa, but the story gets better. <laughs> the next day, I'm yeah. telling somebody else this story. And like with with no agenda, like it was somebody who owed me money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I had no stuff about it. Right. It was like, you know, we were in, we were in a relationship. We accumulated like $35,000 in credit card debt, and it was my credit. So when we separated, it's like, right. he goes, hey, I'll pay you when when we when I can. I never thought I'd see that again. Right. And I had no Which problem. Which is a great way to think. And I had no stuff with it. <laughs> right. I was totally okay with it. I, to me, that was the relationship I, I referenced and I used in my relationships retreats. Like how to do conscious high-level relationships. So for me, that was tuition. In high-level relationship and conscious relate, relating, I'm happy to pay that again. That's a nice way to look at it. Yeah, so I'm like, hey. So he goes, hey, remember remember that money I owed you? And I said, yeah. He goes, what do you think would be um, a fair amount if I paid you back with interest? And I laughed. I said, I don't know. I have no idea. It'd probably been, you know, seven years. Um, and he goes, what if I send you a check for, for 20? So way more than half. Um, and I said, wow, that would be nice. Well, he actually sent it for 21 with the caveat that the last thousand couldn't be used for the temple, it couldn't be used for the work, it had to be used for me for fun. And basically, you know, a relative had passed and that's the first thing he did, clean clean that up. How beautiful, but even more touching for me is like I say, all right, all right, I'll do this. I'll take on an extra 12,000 a year. And they, Mm -hmm. whoever they is, say, all right, here's your 12th and then some. Here, go buy some pretty stuff for the temple. Which I did. <laughs> yeah. But you, yeah. you know, you trust, you know, I, I love when I'm listening to you. Oh, there's so many things I love about that. Um, I love that you just trusted it and that you did take that leap of faith. Yeah, like that's you, it. That's you're, it. with your that's analogy it. that those steps appeared. That's it. But also, the other piece of it, a piece that's really standing out for me when you're talking about, you know, trusting the universe and 
trusting yourself too that everything would be okay yes and that you would be supported and yeah. you were yeah and then there's this other piece of that i think is so beautiful and it speaks to a lot of what i do about you also were very authentic and you were vulnerable and you were honest and you didn't have any um you didn't create stories around it. Yeah. You just, you put it out there. It was very clean. Yeah. And then when you showed up and you, you know, when you dialogued with spirit or talked to friends or family and went from one thing to the next thing, you know, in such an authentic, organic way that also all these pieces fell into place because you created the opportunity, I believe, for those things to happen from being so authentic yeah. and being so honest yeah. and being vulnerable. It's just, it's just beautiful. And when I, when I think of that and actually more than thinking about it, when I feel that, yes. when I feel that from you telling your story and when I feel that from everything that you're saying, I just feel so much love yeah. emanating from you. Like so much love. And what it feels like is that you were so supported in love. Absolutely. And what people were doing and Spirit was doing is like, Absolutely. you know, coming to you at your side. But you also, you know, that vulnerability, that authenticity is like, is love. You know, that's that's the purest, yeah. the purest form, right? Yeah. You being you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I love that. Yeah. And and I think the other thing that would be helpful, thank you so much for saying that. That's beautiful. The other thing well, that I you. think... It's you. <laughs> it's you. And, I'm, and I just feel really grateful to be in in presence with you and feel that because that's, it's so pure. It's like, it, it's so pure. And I know those people that are listening... I hope it emanates through the, the radio waves or I don't even know what this is called, the broadcasting, I don't even know what it's called, the recording waves. Yeah, I hope yeah. it emanates because it's so strong in this moment and so powerful and it can't be denied yeah. that I know it's true, that it's it's real. Yeah, totally. And, and what you're talking about in the trust is that so for people listening is that, I mean, I have chills. I just like, it's, it's so good. It's so <laughs> beautiful. It's like, you know, is that when you're doing the right thing for you, for your true authentic self and being vulnerable and being open, that these are the, the gifts are this, this kind of pure love form yeah. and you get that and you get it supported and it, and you feel something in yourself and yeah. you don't even know what it is. You can't, I don't even think a lot of times you can really identify yeah, it, right. but you feel something in yourself. Maybe for people who are taking this step, who are going, fine, I just have to start. <laughs> so with people who are going like, all right, I'll just start, but how am I going to know if I'm starting in the right place <laughs> or if I'm yeah. in the right direction or if this is what I really want to do and what if I'm making a mistake and what if, God won't be there, spirit won't be there, universe won't be there. It's like if they just start, yes. that some feeling, so pay attention to your body, yes. some feeling 
will come inside of you and you'll feel something. To the body and to everything. To everything. To all the signs that might come in the form of a peacock. It might be a peacock. <laughs> <laughs> or it might be a billboard. Or it might be a song on the radio that comes out at just the right time. And the so other thing that, that I think would be supportive is to take it out of the personal. Right? Because that too is ego. Yes. It's like if I, if I look at yeah. it from the perspective yeah. of the world, yeah. it's like I would say, it's like, what the fuck am I doing in this big old house? I am perfectly content in a two-bedroom apartment. I don't need all the space. I live mostly upstairs in my bedroom, in my office, in my hangout room. Right. Uh, but I knew that it wasn't for me. I know it's not for me. I was so clearly guided to, to set up a center of consciousness here in Miami, which I call a temple. Where lives are getting transformed. Because you do all your work here. I do all right? my workshops, all my retreats here. I mean, and this is such a beautiful space. Like, yeah. I want to do a retreat here. <laughs> this is it's, awesome. It is intentional. It's like all the pieces are intentional. This might sound weird too, but when I first moved in, I went around the whole property. I connected with the trees, with the tree people. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey... This is who I, I am. I don't think it sounds weird. Yeah, I don't think, I don't, I don't think you do. <laughs> but I said, I hey, this is what we're doing. We're creating an oasis here. We're creating a sanctuary. Yes. Where the minute you sit foot on the ground, healing begins. Transformation begins. Oh, and I felt it. Yeah. I mean, I told you, like, I was on the, when I was on, we were driving here. We got stuck in traffic. And I got an email. I read an email. I told you know I had yeah. already told Christian this, but I, you know I was reading an email and like it kind of upset me. And I was like, God damn it! I gotta get into this space of like yeah. I gotta get into my spiritual space right now, and I've gotta get like yeah. I've gotta get clear. And I'm really pissed off about this. And like and you know that guy almost ran us off the road. And like I was just like I was like, Oh my god, how am I gonna get into this space? And like I'm like, Let's just take a deep breath, and I'll I'll be able to clear it. And we pull up and. You know, it's this beautiful property and all these beautiful trees. And, you know, we park the car and I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> oh, okay. And I look at the house and I'm no, I have no idea what I'm stepping into or what's going to happen. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. I got this. And I see the Ganesh, the yeah. Ganesh you know, at the yeah. front and I, yeah. and the, Meditation, the, the, the walking path, the labyrinth. The heart-shaped labyrinth, yes. I didn't notice it was a heart. Oh, so I yeah. see the labyrinth. Uh, you know, we walk up and, and I, you know, I, I'm like, oh, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is okay. And yeah. it just immediately felt so calm. And, like, it just was like, it, it almost took me to purpose, actually. Yeah. It took yeah. me to purpose because it took me out of my, that the human like blah life stuff that's all like you know making me aggro and just like uh and like and it brought me to like why am i here and what am i doing and yeah, yeah. and that stuff didn't even matter and it yeah. was just and the but transformation you, happened from the car yes. <laughs> to the front you know to your porch basically and it's like all right it's a big property but it's not <laughs> like it, it wasn't like a long walk it wasn't, no. you know, but it happened and um, and it brought you within. And it brought me within. And then coming into the temple and seeing all your stuff and feeling it, I was like, you know, like I said in the beginning, so um, it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works. No, it, it, it works. This isn't stuff I read in a book. No. Or picked up in a seminar. It's like I live this stuff and it works. It's so beautiful. <laughs>
yeah, it works. So I, I, I walk my talk. Like I wouldn't say anything that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't know it's from my conviction, from experience. Yeah. Yeah, and you've done some interesting things. Like you've taken, you've taken some interesting, you know, avenues or you know, roads with the work that you do and who you are mm -hmm. um, spiritually. And I know that I know you wrote a book. I wrote a book called uh, "Coming Out Spiritually." Uh -huh. I'm almost done with the second book. Mm -hmm. um, Soulful Heroes: What Does It Mean to Live Heroically in the 21st Century? Which is going to be released. Probably first as an app. I'm really working on the app. Okay. Um, so, so how do? What does it mean to live heroically today when we don't have the horse hitched outside and the armors to wear and the demons to slay, except the ones inside of us? Mm -hmm. um, so, how do we do that? Um, and then I realized that that that's actually a larger umbrella for all the other themes that I talk about in my retreats, whether it's doing relationships consciously. Like, how does a hero do relationships consciously? So if you got the basic human needs uh, for companionship and intimacy and sex and family and all the good stuff, you know, then what? How do we utilize that container, the frame of a relationship, to speed up our own process of healing and evolution? Which, again, is what we're here for, ultimately. And if you're not and would like to be, how do we, re how do we identify and remove the subconscious obstacles, the ways that we sabotage our relationships before we even get going with them by attracting people who are not a match, people who are not available, and they, they're either with somebody else or live on the opposite side of the country. So what's going on subconsciously? Why are we attracting them? Um, and then how do we dissolve those? Those, those and then when you're working on that, do you mm -hmm. take that same approach of like trusting the universe? Or are there other steps involved? That in what way? What do you mean? In identifying obstacles? Or in, in approaching a relationship? Yeah, in approaching a relationship. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Like one of, one of my premises for that retreat is it's paraphrasing the Course of Miracles. It's, it's not our job to look for love, but to look within ourselves for the obstacles to love. So how are we blocking love? If we, if we handle those, love will get us. It's going to come get us when we least expect it or maybe not even feel ready for. So we look in the retreats, we look into areas. Like the one, the area of self-esteem. Because if, if we have, which most, I would venture most, if not all of us, have or have had and may still have layers, tendrils of the whole feeling less than or not good enough, or there's something wrong with me, or I'm too much of this, not enough of that. How can we expect anybody that we attract in our, to our lives to reflect nothing but that? That's the way we see ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to attract. Uh, so we start shifting the way that we see and think about ourselves. Um, and that's a whole other we can retreat. Right. Um, and then we also look in the areas of beliefs about relationships. Because if we have, consciously or not, beliefs that if I get into another relationship, I'm going to get cheated on. I'm going to be left. I'm going to be abandoned. All relationships end up in hurt and divorce. Like who in the right mind is going to want to get into a relationship? It's insanity to do so. So then we attract people who subconsciously we know it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And then do you have the courage to say no to those yeah. people yeah. or to make the yeah. choice to yeah. say no? Yeah. 
Yeah, you said something when we were on the phone. There's so much thing. There's so much I want to talk to you about. I think I'm going to have to talk to you more than once. <laughs> I'm I, think, happy to. I think. But this is fun. I'm happy. Yeah, to. I. Um, and I love that we get to cuss. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Sometimes there's no other words. <laughs> um, you know, you said something on the phone when we first when I first talked to you about this, and we were talking about the topic and. You and what I mean is like you know when I say like you've taken all these roads like they're all healing you know they all could circle back right to the thing to what you believe in and where you come from. It appeals to me as being a woman because you were talking about how important and how valuable it is, um, and I didn't know anything. I didn't know this about you. I didn't know it at all. I mean, I knew about the book, and I thought we'd be talking more about taking that direction because that's such an, also an important topic. <laughs> yeah. It's so important and um, and so valuable. And and I also think it could be so healing for people to understand that position to start, like you said, like just, just healing these faulty belief systems yeah. and judgments. Yeah. But what you said about women... I'm not going to do it justice, but it was it was about how important it is to empower women, yeah. and that your stand was that it's so important that it can change the course of the way. I would say the way that the I way. that I think about it is when when I look at the world and humanity, where we are, the empowerment of women is the single most important thing that we can do as a species. Right. And that so I like to, that. I love this topic. So. <laughs> well, but that's and that's why the, so. my, that's why that's what I mean by soulful power. That's the name of my company, my website. Like, how do we step into power? Is it just for women, though? No, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. So, do you? So, so a man can do the of workshop course. for empowering women. Of course. Oh, okay, well, I do. I do a soulful power retreat that's open to anybody. Everybody. Okay. Then I do a, a separate version of that. That's women empower. Oh, okay. That's just women. Got it. Got it. And and I think that there is space for that. You know, that there's yeah. a safety that happens, and also some different stuff that comes up. You know, for some women, that says, you know, I've never been in a in a room with with all women for all weekend, and I was kind of threatened to do that. I didn't think I was going to like this. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. Um, so yeah, so how do we step into power in a way that's a different, that is not hierarchical, that is not about domination, force, control, um, that is not based on external. And that goes across the board. Across the board. Right. That's right. the that needs to happen in the world. Right. Like like, and and so much to say about that too. That's a whole other we can retreat. <laughs> but in a way that in a kind of power that doesn't require for Writing us to notes <laughs> of all the things that we have to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't need for us to push anybody down, step on them, squelch them, in order to prop ourselves up and feel powerful. Right. So power that comes from within. Like how, because when we think, most of us think about power, we tend to associate it with externals, things that are right. outside of us, how much money we have, fame, you know, political status, socioeconomic status, spiritual, religious hierarchy. Um, but that's, by nature, outside of ourselves, so here today, gone tomorrow. Right. Whereas the other kind of power that comes from within, nobody can give that to us and nobody can take it away. Like right. think that's the kind of power that Gandhi, like in his simple sandaled feet and robes, used without lifting a gun or hitting anybody with a fist, brought the British Empire down. Right. Brought it down when it was at its, at its zenith, at its highest point. Right. That's power. That is power. 
strength. Yeah. What he calls satyagraha, which is could be translated as soul force, soul power, soulful power. Right. And but those retreats and that work you do with both men and yeah, women. Yes. That's across the board. That's, yeah, all my work is for everybody. Okay. I do a couple of retreats a year that are for women only. Mm-hmm. Then I do one retreat usually a year, one or two that are for gay men. I have have had a request recently to do one for all men, you know, gay or straight. So I've been brewing that. But even what you're saying about Gandhi and making the choice and being in your empowerment is it kind of brings it almost full circle. How we started with talking about you know Viktor Frankl and yeah. making a choice and yes. um, that we have a choice in every single moment. Well, and that nothing can yes. be taken that can't be taken away from us. Yes, and and it's yes, and it's and the radical next step of that, or you know, the next thought that comes after that is is personal responsibility. Yes, I'm popping out a victim. Right. Right. Because, you know, there's spiritual teachings that tell us that at a soul level, we choose everything. You know, we choose that would mean the parents we were born into, the country, the culture, the time period, socioeconomic status, all that stuff that we choose. Illness, rape. You know, I can't guarantee you that that's the way it is. I don't know. But I, I can go there. Theoretically, I can say I could see where we give ourselves challenges that we have to face up, you know, buck up against and face up mm-hmm. and so that we grow and evolve. But I don't know that's the way the system is set up. But this I know without any doubt, zero doubt, that no matter what happens, no matter what happened, no matter what's going to happen, no matter what curveballs life has thrown and will continue to throw our way, we can always choose how we're going to be in response to that. Always. And at that level, that's it. No more victim. That's true. That's really beautiful. No more victim. That's very empowering. There's very few things I'm, I'm dogmatic about. Two or three. If we want to be free. That's one of them. You got you to gotta tear up that victim card. Mm-hmm. Can't play it again. Enough. So, so that means that no matter what happened, you know, whether, whether mom did this or dad did that or the teacher or, or the priest or the minister or society or sexism or racism or homophobia as long as we're giving holding something or someone outside of us responsible for what happened to us or for what and for who we are that's it right we just gave our power away right again yes and 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 to go off of that when we give our power away like that we're also telling ourselves not we're not just being a victim and staying in this victim stance but we're also telling ourselves that we don't deserve to have what we want that's it you know, yes. and the more that we validate that consciously, unconsciously, the more that it you co-create that in your life. That's you know, it. we can't get what we it's want. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's it a, is a trap. It's a seductive but horrible trap. Yeah, and it's you know, and it's interesting because I think it takes a lot of courage to be accountable for yourself. And to make heroic, nothing less than heroic. Nothing less than heroic. So um, it takes a lot, and it takes a lot on the front end, mm-hmm. you know, to make that choice. But then once you choose that, and you're no longer the victim, and you say, "Okay, this happened," or "I'm facing that," yeah. or "Okay, that was shitty," okay, or this, you know, yeah, fucked up right. my whole life, or whatever it is, whatever the yeah. situation is, whatever the unfairness or the wronging yeah, yeah, was. Yeah. Okay, what do I do now? Yeah. What do I do now? That's it. Right? Well, what am I going to do with that? And from that place, that takes a lot of courage. And 
comes from why it's so also important to be so mindful and be present because yeah. you have to be so present in the moment to go like, yeah, that's where I'm at. This is so fucked yeah. up. This whole situation is messed up. And I could go into a place of talking about how bad it is and yeah. how horrible it is and how much it's this and that. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll find a lot of people yeah. that want to go there with you. Yeah. That's the other thing that's so hard about that place is that you'll always find company. Absolutely. In that place. But when you go, yeah, okay, that's you messed up. Thing. How could yeah. that bitch do that to you? Exactly. Oh my God, that son of a bitch, that yeah. bastard. It's seductive, like what you said, seductive, yes. right? And people are into it. And then they're thinking like, wow, your life's worse than my life. I feel a little yeah. bit about myself right now. Because they're probably not being conscious <laughs> in their life. Yeah. But even so, that if you just go, yeah, that kind of sucked. It, it really is the worst thing. I'm and not I even wish sure it had how happened, I wish it had, and, and I'm I, so sorry that it happened. And I have no idea even how I'm going to handle and, it, but I'm not going to let it. And yeah, what am I going to do with right. it now? Right. How right. am I going to show up? How am I going to show up in response to that? Without being a victim. Without being a victim. Right. We tore up that card. Yeah, and when you do that too, it's this is really important for people who are listening because people are going to want. To remind you of how shitty your situation is, <laughs> like yes. they're gonna they're gonna want to do that dance with you because it's true. And then we're both then we're both stuck in the right. mud. Right, but like, it's oh, but it's it's legitimate. Yes. If something really bad happened and it wasn't right and yeah. it wasn't fair, it's like it's legitimate. It's a legitimate thing yeah. to that it's bad. But when you kind of say, "Hey, okay, that happened," but I'm not I'm not gonna focus on that. I'm gonna I'm moving forward. I'm I'm making a choice for myself. What am I going to do about this now? Yeah, yeah. From where I'm at now, people don't often know what to do about that. They might just like shake their head and be like, oh, oh, okay. And they might not have the reaction that you would like them to have <laughs> or they might not be able to offer the support, you know, that you would normally be getting or, you know, if we're if you're attached to a certain kind of support of somebody like just being right in there with you like wow she's a bitch you're totally right or I can't believe your boss did that or your husband did that or your wife did that but does that really like, help it doesn't help no it doesn't it only helps with the feelings in the moment for you're a just short like, time yeah for a very short time. short time okay you can indulge for like five minutes everybody. <laughs> yeah. you can you can give yourself some indulging five time minutes. because the indulging time it does feel kind of good for a little bit but <laughs> but once you've indulged in the moment in the actual you know for whatever it is that's coming up in the emotional world. But then after that, you've got to make that choice. But don't yeah. expect everybody to know what Absolutely to do with not. it. But if, 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 if it they was, don't... It wouldn't, if, it be, if it be easy, it wouldn't be heroic. It wouldn't right? be. It's very easy to blame others. Anybody can do so that. Easy. It's so easy to hold others responsible for, for how we are yeah. and for our lives. Anybody can do that. Yeah. To say, hey, that sucked. What yeah. am I going to do about it? That's heroic. That is heroic heroic yeah and to pop out of the victim is nothing less than a leap in consciousness it's evolutionary it's That's a leap so in true. evolution it's true yeah so don't be surprised if you don't get your normal support number one <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also know i think people should know that they that it's harder on the front end it's harder on the front exactly. end because you've got to break a story you've got to break like your addiction to staying Absolutely. in the victim role but on the other side, the second you make that choice, yeah. like you said, you've already elevated yourself freedom, spiritually. Freedom. And your freedom. And that all the other muck and all the other stuff that was on your mind and your worries and your fears and all this have attached to it, the second you make that choice, goes away. So on the front end, it is a little harder. 
But on the other side of it, there's freedom. Yeah, it's like practice. It's like a anything, practice. like learning the piano or basketball. It's a little practice. And who until likes it, practicing? Until it becomes second nature. Exactly. And then you're established at that and you never, ever, ever slip into victim again. Mm-mm. Which is so important. It's liberation. It's freedom. It's empowerment. It is empowerment. It's very true. Wow, this has been incredible speaking with you, Christian. And we've hit so many points, and I can't wait to talk to you again. I'm all we'll like, my mind's like, like a machine right now. It's like click, 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 click. You know, so. We'll do it again. And, and you know what? It's simple. It's simple. It's not easy. It gets easier until it becomes second nature, but it's, it's work. But it's heroic. It is heroic. And that's, if anybody who's listening to this, that's what we signed up for. Yes, and also know that when you know if you if your buy-in at first is just to get what you want for yourself and that's what you need to make this spiritual leap then that's okay and i'll the selling point i'll give you (laughs) is you'll get a lot you'll get there a lot faster to that goal if that's your buy-in goal you'll get you'll get there a lot faster if you take these steps Yes. Right, and you remove the victimhood, of, you know, and you yes. you get oh elevated God. in that way. And the it's, gifts it's like and the blessings. The gifts that. and the blessings, even materially. Yes. It's like um, we could not even we can't can't even imagine. We can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. It's like we're stepping out of out of a consensus reality that the way that the world thinks at the at the the way that the way looks at things. Like from my perspective, the fact that I'm paying rent on this big house that I don't need, it's crazy. I should be putting that into, you know, into my retirement or something. Well, but it's not crazy because not, not in my you, reality. No, no, because you're <laughs> you've you've created a space yes, yes. and you've been validated by it because so many people have it gets supported. Are, getting, people's lives get changed it. here, and the people's like yeah. look at all the half the stuff is. I mean, gifts. it's really a magical place. I mean, I can't wait till we're done. I mean, I can't wait till we're done. Yeah. I mean, as soon as we're finished, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't say that. As soon as we're finished, I want to go. I mean, yeah, I'll like, give you walk, stories because like, half of the pieces are gifts. I got to go touch things. Like, <laughs> go touch things. I'm like the kid in the museum. Yeah. who's like, why can't I touch that? Like so, so many of these pieces are. They all have stories, and then many, many have been gifted to people whose lives have been changed, and then they want to give back. Right, which is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So <laughs> thank you so much. and um, Thank you, I'm and sure thank you for doing this work. Thank you. So if people want to reach you and know more about you, what's the best way for them to do that? Probably, probably my website, soulfulpower.com. Soulfulpower.com, just mm-hmm. like it sounds, yeah. right? S-O-U-L-F-U-L, okay. power.com. Okay, and do you have an Instagram? Or I do. I'm on Facebook. Okay. Christian so Christian Huerta, yeah. Oh, on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. And so good to connect we'll with you. Hopefully we'll talk soon. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode today with Christian De La Huerta and that you feel inspired to be yourself and trust in the universe and not be a victim Mm -hmm. to your life. Stay tuned for Afterthoughts. Ciao for now.